Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and thanks for joining us for 5 Miles Easy, where we go behind the scenes on the highs, lows, and uphill battles on our running journeys and bring you conversations to inspire, motivate, and get you one step closer to your goals. We are your hosts, Steph and Rose. And today we are joined by ultramarathon running legend, Carla Molinaro. And we've got a bit of a different episode today. We do. This was recorded live from Love Trails Festival. Love Trails Festival is a music festival for runners, hikers, adventure seekers set in the Gower Peninsula. Very beautiful part of the world. Yeah, we had a lot of fun there. Hot tubs outside, lots of trail running, good music and a lot of sheep. A lot of sheep. We got the step count and the sheep count up. (laughs) but yeah had a great time and we were very lucky to be joined by Carla had a great chat um and yeah found out just so much about her life so a bit about Carla Carla is a pro ultra runner for Hoka she has represented Great Britain in the 100 kilometer world championships she has the world record for Land's End John O'Groats, which she ran, which sounded disgusting. Yeah, horrific. That was just nuts. And very excitingly, she is fresh off a third place finish at Comrades Ultramarathon in South Africa. And that's just like a few of her incredible achievements, which we'll hear a lot more about. Yeah, it was fascinating talking to her and especially just listening to some of the changes that she's made this year in order to progress so much and have the performances that she's had. So a lot about nutrition and strength training and just having a structure to her training as well. It's really interesting. But yeah, Carla has had an incredible year and she's been balancing it with running her very successful coaching business, Strength, Conditioning and Yoga for Runners, which we've since joined. We have. It's keeping me accountable, making sure I go to the gym and do my strength training, which is the first thing to go. (laughs) So without further ado, let's chat to Carla. This episode is sponsored by Puma Running, and we have a very special discount code for our 5 Miles Easy listeners. You can get 25% off any Puma Running product by using the code 5ME25 at uk.puma.com. 
it's been a hugely standout year for you, Carla. As Rose just mentioned, you finished top three in both Comrades and Two Oceans. For those in the audience that maybe don't know what those races are, can you maybe give us a bit of a background as to the significance of those events? Yeah, so um, Comrades and Two Oceans are the two biggest road running ultra events in the world. Um, and Comrades is the oldest ultra um, marathon in the world. It's been going for um, over 100 years and you get roughly about 20,000 people starting on the start line each year. And I think if you're an ultra runner, um, for me, Comrades is definitely a race that you should put on your bucket list because it is insane. It's disgusting, but it's insane. <laughs> It sounds absolutely crazy, but super impressive. And your running journey has consisted of a lot more than just ultras. Can you talk through how that journey has led to where you are today? Yeah, okay, story time, buckle up. Um, so I started running all the way back when I was in school, when I was about 15, which was a very long time ago, um, with the usual 800 meters, 1500 meters, cross country, running around a field, hating my life, thinking my lungs were gonna explode. Um, luckily they didn't. And I just slowly started to pick up um, the distances as the years progressed. I then actually went to university in Cardiff, um, just down the road, so I was reminiscing on the drive here. And when I turned up to university there, I actually had all intentions of joining the athletics club, but I walked into the indoor athletic centre and I was so intimidated. It was insane. It was like everyone was in a GB vest. I was like, yeah, I'm out. I was like, this is too scary. So I went and joined the triathlon club because they seemed like they were having a lot more fun um, than everyone inside the track. So I actually became a triathlete and did that for about 10 years, um, again, starting off at sprints, going all the way up to Ironman. And then in 2014, I went and did Glasgow Half Marathon, and I was like, oh, it's a little bit easier just going for a run than instead of taking off a wetsuit and jumping on a bike and nearly impaling yourself on a saddle. So I decided that I was gonna quit doing triathlon, sold all my stuff, and became a runner again and was, yeah, just really enjoyed the club running scene, was dabbling in half marathons, did my first marathon, which was London, went off way too fast, thought I was um, gonna win it, um, didn't. Um, blew up very badly and then had to drag my ass to the finish line, which was a little bit emotional, I'm sure we've all, like, I used to have the race strategy of just go till you blow for every race, and it's only this year, after running for 20 years, that I've realized that's done. Um, but I still like to do it every now and then. Um, so, yeah, started to run a bit more, like in the back of my head, like you've always, I'd always loved the dream of being a professional athlete and I was like, oh, it'd be amazing to, you know, represent Great Britain or England, but I kind of got to the point where I was like, well, everyone's telling me I'm a little bit too old. Um, I think I've kind of missed the boat there. So I'm just gonna start doing my own running adventures. So. I started to plan my own run, so I went and did the Tour of Mont Blanc, which is a 100-mile loop um, around Mont Blanc. Victor at the back came with me there. <laughs> and did, we did that over four days, which was really fun, sleeping in refuges, hiking up and down mountains, 
nearly dying, um, slipping down snow. Like looking back, it was probably a little bit dangerous, some of the stuff that we did. Um, and yeah, doing loads of those like multi-day adventures, but just on my own, did the Hort route, ran around the Isle of Wight. And then during lockdown, it kind of spiraled out of control a little bit where I decided I was gonna run from Land's End to John O'Groats, the length of the UK, mainly because I had nothing else to do. And I thought that would be a really good idea. Um, it was a good idea. It was possibly the worst thing I was doing at the time, but probably the best thing that happened to me as a result. Um, so yeah, did the jog, ran the length of the UK, and then um, after that point, let me backtrack, sorry. Um, Hoka, I'd approached loads of different running brands to say, can someone give me some free shoes to help me for this run? In my head, I thought I'd need like 73 pairs of shoes to do this run. Turns out I actually only needed two. Um, but Hoka had said to me, if you complete the run and do the world record, then we'll give you a running sponsorship. I was like, yeah, right. So I did it and I was like, <laughs> uh, sucks to be them because then they had to like, give me a contract and give me free shoes, <laughs> which was good. Um, so I then was still kind of messing about a little bit, doing all these like multi-day adventures. And it wasn't until last year really, where I thought, do you know what, I've actually got been given a really good opportunity I'm in a really lucky space and maybe I should take it a little bit more seriously than just winging it so at the end of last year I moved to Cape Town um, in December it was a little bit of an accident I didn't know where I wanted to live so I went and basically lived somewhere different every like six weeks or month last year so I lived in loads of different places got to Cape Town loved it and then yeah decided to knuckle down and actually when I started to focus then I've had a bit of a breakthrough year this year in terms of my performances like the girl said coming third at Comrades, Oceans and then getting selected for the 50k World Champs later on this year. That's the running journey. Wow, <laughs> I mean what a story and just yeah just done so much. Um, absolutely incredible to it and yeah as you said it's been a huge year for you kind of off the back of stepping it up in terms of taking your training a bit more seriously what exactly when you say that what do you mean by it does that mean increasing your volume does it mean kind of focusing specifically on on those two races how how's that look for you yeah, so for an ultra runner, I don't actually do that much volume. Let's use that term loosely. So my training volume's about 100 to 110 kilometers a week, where a lot of the other girls I race with and marathon runners are probably more near the 160, 170K bracket. So I do do a little bit less volume. I do cross train a bit. I do a lot of strength and conditioning like i think that makes you really strong you don't have to slog out all the miles and you can get strong um in the gym um yeah so before i was just doing like a little bit of everything i was doing some multi-day runs i was doing a little bit of trail because again i thought i was an awesome trail runner turns out i'm shit um i love trail it's my favorite thing but i'm just not very good at it so i'm a little bit i was a little bit delusional with that um, and decided to focus my attention onto road ultras, like that's where my strengths are. So 
yeah, focusing on those races, not signing up and doing everything. So I ended up getting a coach a year and a half ago just because I will say yes to everything. So I mainly got him to rein me in um, because I know now like people will ask me to do stuff and I don't even bother asking my coach because I know he'll tell me no. Um, so yeah, focusing on the stuff that I'm good at. I still do loads of trail running. So all my easy runs sit on the trail. So I get off and I get to enjoy it, but I don't race them because It's so interesting hearing how different people's approaches to training work for them. So for you, the lower volume, but also focusing on developing your strength and those other 1%. The gym work and the strength has clearly been a big thing for you and you have a very successful business. Um, those who don't know, Carla um, starts the business, strength, conditioning and yoga for runners. Can you tell us more about that business? Yeah, I set that up in um, lockdown, maybe mainly because I was going online to try and find yoga for runners sessions and I was getting annoyed with all the girls that were like, get your leg and bend it around your head and bow to the moon. I was like, I don't want to do that. I just want to stretch. And I also wanted to incorporate more strength in my program. And I know that strength and conditioning is it's boring like no one wants to do it we'll go and run for five hours but tell any a runner to go into the gym for 30 minutes and you don't want to do it so i wanted to make a program that was realistic that was made by a runner for runners using movements that are going to help us to become better and stronger so i actually went and did my yoga course the week after i finished running from london to john o'groats which was really embarrassing because <laughs> my legs were absolutely destroyed all the other girls on the course were like are you taking the piss like you want to be a yoga teacher and you can't touch your toes i was like just don't worry about it just let me get my qualification and it will be all right so yeah i set it up um to make the sessions like short and sharp so people could get those things done they could make themselves stronger they could keep the injuries away and then i also try and incorporate other things within the program so we have sports nutrition Q&A, sports psychology, um, running shoe experts, physio Q&A, just because I wanted, I like um, doing all of those and speaking to those people to try and find the extra 1% for me, but I wanted to make it available for all runners because those things are expensive. So if I can do it in the program and you can speak to a sports psychologist or you can speak to a physio every month, um, I wanted, yeah, to find a way to share that with everyone, which I think I've done with SUI runners, and it's something that, you know, I continually want to get better by making, you know, finding interesting people to talk to. So if anyone knows any interesting people, or if you're an interesting person that would like to come and do a Q&A with me, please come and find me at the end. That's awesome. I mean, it's one of those things that when you say it, it sounds so obvious, but you're right, like, it is hard to find that kind of strength conditioning yoga that is so running specific. So yeah, awesome. And it's obviously been a really successful business for you. I know it's grown so much over the last couple of years. That must make you pretty busy balancing that and obviously being a pro runner, going and breaking records, etc. How do you How do you balance everything? And I guess, is it important to you that you have that all of that outside of just kind of focusing on going and smashing times. 
Yeah, for me, having something to do other than just going out and running is really important. Um, I love having um, a day job, but for me, it also doesn't really feel like a job because I just love it so much. We've built a really nice community, and the thing I like about the SCY community is it's so random. Like, we've got people that have just finished Couch to 5K to people that do multi-day ultras and everyone in between because it is a real leveler. So I find everyone in the group, like every Sunday, I ask everyone to send in their race results. We do a medal Monday every Monday. And like that just makes me want to do more for the group and get more involved because it's really motivating. And because I'm learning all the time. So, you know, something I throw out to the group is like, if you want a specific area worked on or stretched, let me know and I'll make a video for you. So I'm constantly learning and finding new things that we can do to make ourselves better runners. So it doesn't really feel like a chore and it doesn't feel that hard to balance, except when, so I live in Cape Town. So just before I came here, I had to pre-record some sessions because I knew I wouldn't have time to do it. So that was a little bit difficult, getting everything in after not being able to walk after comrades. Um, but. Yeah, most of the time it, it's really fun, it's not a chore and it, it's nice to have that balance in my life and something else to do. Yeah. It's so amazing to be able to do what you love as a career and just in general life and clearly your work complements your training as well and it's contributed to some of the success you've had this year. I know you've also mentioned that you started working with nutritionists earlier this year as well. What did you learn from them and did you any tips that really helped and anything you could share with us? Yeah, one thing I decided towards the end of last year is that I wanted to do everything I could to become the best runner that I could. So I found um, a really great sports nutritionist, a guy called Will and a guy called Liam, who actually work with one of the um, Tour de France cycling teams. And I picked them because I wanted people that had experience with um, ultra athletes and people that were moving all day and I had a little think about it and I don't think we kind of talk about it enough but for me I wanted to find the best body composition for myself to race at the best possible level and just before I went to South Africa I'd gone really hard on the sticky toffee pudding diet which was great I went in search of the best sticky toffee pudding in the Peak District. I only got to an eight out of 10, but I'm going back up to visit those guys on, on Tuesday. So there's still hope uh, that there's a 10 out of 10 out there. But so yeah, and I probably tipped the scales a little bit where I was like eating a little bit too much. And so I said to these guys, look, I want to find like the best racing weight for me because it's physics, you know, you can't be too heavy, you can't be too light. There's problems associated with both. And I said to these guys, it might be that I'm at the right place now. I might need to be a little bit heavier. I might need to be a little bit lighter. So we did blood tests and measuring body fat percentage and went and did DEXA scans and did it all very scientifically to figure out um, where that level for me was. So that was like a really interesting um, kind of experiment with myself that I did this year. I did have problems with coaches before getting told, you know, that, one guy came up to me, like my, one of my old coaches, in front of like loads of friends at the end of a race and like started to like pinch my arms and told me that I didn't look good and that I was soft and needed to lose weight. And I'm like, that's not the way to do it. But I do think as coaches, if you are, 
you know, working with athletes that are at a certain level, you should be able to have those conversations and, you know, be able to help the athletes find where that level is for them. So for me, it was a really, it's been a really interesting thing to do. My results have got a lot better. I'm not saying that's because the way my, I changed the way um, my body looks and feels, but I definitely think that that was a contributing factor just because I'm doing really hilly races. So, you know, when you're a little bit lighter, you do run a little bit faster. But for me, it was something that I wanted to be really conscious about and make sure that I wasn't going into an energy deficit or doing anything mental and going too far off the scale. So that's why I chose to work with these guys who are professionals and know um, the markers to look at and someone to watch me do it. Because I think, you know, it is quite easy to fall off that wagon and go too far the one way. So, yeah, that's been a really interesting journey this year. Yeah, that's so interesting to, because it is so individual. And, you know, we really are talking like the 0.1% here, aren't we? So I think taking such, you've obviously taken such a scientific approach to it and almost looking at it and like, as if it's someone else's body and it is just, you know, science. And that is, yeah, that's a really interesting way of doing it. And I guess being able to kind of, yeah, just work really objectively there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome to hear. After Comrades, obviously it is a massive deal anyway, but in South Africa, it is just next level. So I can imagine you're kind of a, <coughs> pretty big celebrity there now after your third place finish. What's it been like for you and have you, I guess, how do you deal with that pressure of after the race and, and whatever's next for you? Yeah, it's pretty insane. Like South Africans are obsessed with comrades. It's literally the focus to everyone's year. Um, so yeah, it, it is, it's been pretty crazy. Like people recognize you going for a run, which is just bizarre. Um, but for me, I don't know, I haven't really felt any pressure yet. Luckily, going into the races this year, both of the races released like a contenders list, which are like the people that they think are gonna become top 10 in the race. And I wasn't on either of those lists for either of the races. So it was quite nice this year going in a little bit under the radar. I could do my own thing. I had my own strategy where I think next year my cards are marked a little bit. <clears throat> Um, so I don't feel the pressure at the moment, but I think probably going into the races and when I start to prepare for them um, a little bit more towards the end of this year, beginning of next year, that might ramp up. But that's something, again, that I want to start working with a sports psychologist with, just because I know it's going to happen. So if I can find a way to deal with that before next year comes about, then I think it will put me in a better position to race a little bit better next year. Again, another like, thing that you can improve on another 1%. That's awesome. Yeah, mindset's a huge thing. I think Rose and I have definitely experienced a lot of that as well. So um, if you can keep that under control and work with a sports psychologist, I'm sure you'll go on to achieve even more great things. Uh, so later this year, you've got the World Champs, which is amazing, GB vest. Uh, this is your second GB vest. How long ago was the first one? I know your career spans so many years that, and you've achieved so many amazing things, but the GB vest was a few years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, so I got my first GB vest 
in 2018. Um, it was a little bit kind of by accident. So we had done this multi-day run where we decided it would be a good idea to try and run from Cape Town to Comrades and do 90K a day for the 20 days and the race on the final day. Um, we all got injured along the way and then it was actually like, let's just see how much distance we can run. So I ran 900 kilometers in the three weeks before the race, did Comrades and then ended up coming ninth, which yeah, it was a little bit surprising. Um, and mainly by all the girls I was racing against, they were just like, who, who are you? Like, what are you doing? And then I got an email from Team GB the next day saying, we want to select you for the 100K World Champs. Do you want to do it? I was like, yeah. Um, so I got my first one when I was 33. And I'd kind of at that point been told, you know, you're kind of too old to get a GB vest. And I was like, okay. So it was a nice surprise when I got that. I went to that race really underprepared. I didn't know what I was getting myself in for. I was completely out of my depth. So now, five years later, at 38, I've just got my second one. And for me, that's really exciting because I, as I've been getting older, I've been getting quicker. So in the last year, I've had a 10K, a half marathon, a marathon, and an ultra marathon PBs. So I think sometimes, you know, when people say, as you get older, you get slower, we just accept that where I don't really think it's true. And what was really exciting for me was that comrades last year and this year, eight of the women in the top 10 were all over 40. So there is longevity in the sport. And, you know, for any girls like me who had kind of given up that dream a little bit, I don't think we should because there's still a huge amount of possible possibilities even the um you know the girls at the commonwealth games last year the person who won was 45 which yeah is incredible so i'm hoping that now i can go into the world champs this year like more experienced actually knowing what i'm doing and hopefully there's a few more gb vests to come after this one definitely so inspirational yeah oh yeah it's amazing here and just i think you know the breadth and diversity and just seeing kind of women over 30 doing such amazing things is yeah it's awesome thank you for joining us for five miles easy see you next week why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. 
It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 